You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Good morning, Ethan Michael Bolton. Oh, oh gosh. Hi. Did you like how I threw your whole name in there? No, I didn't. No. Nope. You did not like that? No. Nope. It's not your favorite? It makes me uncomfortable. Was it? I feel like someone who doesn't like what I have to say can now find me more easily. That's, uh, <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> just, a, just a touch. So now I'm going to change my name and <laughs> no one will know what it is. But, Except for me, nope. for I'm your uh, You obviously have shown me that I, <laughs> I can't trust find you. It. <laughs> Even I was an intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance professional once upon a time. I have no hope. In I? a former life. Oh, gosh. That's what I did. Not a former life. Not really, no. That was merely, when did I get out of the military? Still that I mean, was a year and three months ago. Exactly. Not terribly old. As Ligolos would say, for me, the pain is still too near. <laughs> That's, I don't know. It just came to mind. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, well, just as I have called you by your full name. Yes. Oh, look at you. What a seg. I, I'm i trying to be, become the king of segways. It kind of ruins it when I point out that's what you did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, segway. Yeah, I should just let you. <laughs> the thing is, it's like it's like really weak one sentence segue that in reality no one could ever make a transition like that oh okay you know what i mean well you could but you'd you have to call attention to it almost to validate it oh. and make like oh yeah segue <laughs> yeah to bolster it like lazy writing you yeah. know that's yeah, cool i'm trying to think of an example of that in a tv show i watched recently but i can't think of one no i can actually okay Oh, my word. It's actually not really related, but you know that moment when you're watching a TV show and you're in four or five seasons into a, say, yeah. a seven-season show, and up to this point, the writing's been phenomenal and the characters have all been believable yeah. and the development has been not quite what you expected it to be, but, oh, yeah, that character would do that. Right, sure. Point. But then you get to that point in season four or five where maybe they switched out writers or something <laughs> changed, and suddenly this character is like, they're just saying things that they would never say. Yeah. And they're going on these monologues that, like, where did that come from? No one talks like that in real life. What's happening? Yeah. That happened recently. By the time people hear this, it'll be far in the past. But for those who were avid Game of Thrones fans, I feel so bad for them. Yeah. What what a letdown. I fear for letdowns such as that. Yes. All that to say now, you don't know what our segue was going (laughs) into. Well, just as I called Ethan by his full name, yes. so Christ called the 12 apostles. Did he use their full names? I don't know, actually. I like to think no. Because when you actually read the accounts, you just get their Christian names. Yeah, okay. Except for people like, you know, like Simon the Zealot. Yeah. <laughs> or or Zy- uh, what, what? Simon, who was called the Zealot, depending on how you translate it. Hmm. And then, of course, you get Judas that Iscariot, like it could who was be, a traitor. Yeah, well, Classic. <laughs> classic. I feel like the zealot line could almost be slightly derogatory. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's not in good fun. Yeah. If like, he was, had been, if he had been called that and he was known as, I'm like, I don't think people liked him. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, you, all right, like, calm down, Simon. <laughs> Simon, the, Simon, who's called the zealot. Yeah. <laughs> calm down, buddy. Exactly. No, this week uh, we're covering a bit of uh, scripture that uh, my father did not have time to yeah. cover in this weekend's message. This is kind of like a weekend bonus episode. Exactly. It's like the extended cut. It's the deleted scenes. Whoa. Um, Behind the scenes, Blu-ray. Which 
I love how off topic we are. Yeah. Like the first five minutes okay. of the podcast. We're still under the five minute Did mark. Did y'all hear that Avengers Endgame is allegedly coming back into theaters yeah. with an added scene to top I Avatar? Like, yeah, I, thought, I think it's like multiple bits of content. Um, I'm in favor of yeah. them overcoming Avatar because I, I don't care about Avatar, but also I'm, I'm not going to go again. No. I just don't. I don't care that much. Yeah, I, really I don't, don't either. But I'm, I support their decision. Me too. I'm, I'm fully behind Because they're very close. Yeah. And I want them to do it. Yeah, me too. I want you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so... My father came out of Luke chapter 6. He was talking about the Sabbath in particular, legalism issues that surrounded that. And then we have this little passage, Luke 6, 12 through 16, that kind of serves as the linchpin between all the events leading up to this point and then Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is actually going to be leading into our next sermon series, Ooh, actually. So teaser. even this podcast is kind of like the linchpin People, between... People, uh, here is the value yeah. of staying up to date with our podcast. Yeah. We don't mm. always just sit and talk about books of the Bible and creative content. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> without any further ado, let mm-hmm. me read this passage for us. Okay. And then we'll discuss what I found to be three perhaps helpful insights that then bridge the gap into Christ's Sermon on the Mount and that will prepare us, I think, for the upcoming series. All so, right. without any further ado, Luke 6, 12 through 16. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. There's, there are the 12. I'm going to make an observation. Please do. It has nothing to do with the names, because I feel like we probably will get to that. Yes. Mountainside. Mountainside to pray. Yeah. I'm feeling that there are few to no creature comforts on the side of a mountain. No. I feel like I'd be getting very uncomfortable like 30 minutes in. Probably. I mean, I would. Hard surfaces. Give me a bench for 30 minutes and I'm done. I'm done. I'd rather, (laughs) you know. Lord, why must my trial be so great? (laughs) But a spend the night. Spend the night. Spend that I... Wow. That's like... We just gloss over that. Like, oh, yeah, well, you know, son of God. He's Jesus. Good grief, though. Yeah. All night, youth lockout, but on a mountainside and no pizza. Just sitting on on rock. Yeah. I I imagine. Praying. (sighs) You know, maybe he was thinking, like, "Ah, after 40 days in the wilderness... Without food, you do have a really good point. There. Easy. I when don't you know, say I mean, wilderness, I don't wanna, yeah. I don't, what is what is the? You know what? I feel like the biome of the wilderness is a different discussion for another time. <laughs> Probably we can go back to the names. Uh, but that is that is quite a stunning yeah. insight that he was willing to do that, and how quickly we do breeze by things like that. Because as you said, we tend to think, "Oh, Jesus, Son of God," you know, He's God. Yeah, of course. Well, yes, He's God, but also He truly is. Fully man. Like he said, nerve endings. Yes. He felt discomfort. Yeah. And hunger and thirst and pain. So Oof. Mm, now I feel guilty. Yeah. I'm just like, man, I have a hard time like sitting in a quiet space that's comfortable for 20 to 30 minutes without being distracted. Yeah. <sighs> Ethan, now you're over here convicting me. It's okay. Here to <sighs> serve. May the grace of the Lord be with us all. <laughs> uh, no. So Jesus does go out of the mountainside. He spends the whole night praying to God calls the 12. And I thought we could highlight at least three insights here Okay, that, like I said just a few minutes ago, kind of bridge the gap between what Jesus is going to get into on the Sermon on the Mount and Mm. insights that I think prove helpful to us here and now in our own 
day All and right. age. The first of which is the necessity of prayer, especially when you're about to make such a monumental decision as Jesus is about to make when he was calling the 12 apostles. Because you got to think, these 12 guys are his commissioned representatives. When you read the Gospels, he's going to eventually send these guys out in pairs to represent him in various towns and villages. Yeah. You know, you don't want these guys like sullying your name necessarily, well, right? Or, or, just, or just like compromising the mission set right. before you. Yeah. You don't want one of these guys like, you know, like Peter, you don't want Peter going into some town and suddenly deciding, oh, well, I have all these powers now suddenly and you're like drive out demons and <laughs> heal people bow before yeah. me woof doggy like i i know i'd be tempted to do that probably mm. it's a frightening thought but point being it's a big decision that's yeah. what i'm trying to get at here and before jesus makes this decision he spends the whole night in an uncomfortable place praying yeah we've talked about this in some episodes, I'm pretty sure, where we tend to, I think, rush right into making a decision without necessarily perhaps spending the time in prayer because we think, oh, mm. yeah, yeah, it's just prayer. Like, sure. we'll we'll say our quick, you know, five-second, you know, blessing, and then we'll, we'll get on with it. But if the Son of God himself feels it necessary to spend a whole night in prayer before he makes this kind of decision, how much more are we? Certainly. And I think there's something, there's an interesting caveat, right? Because you're reminding me of things we have said. It's not just that he prayed and then did nothing waiting for something to happen for him, but it's right. like, it's prayer with action to follow it up. Yes. So it's a, it's, I mean, it's a balance that's like not always super clearly defined in a situation. But. It's not. It is this, another one of these weird tensions, I think, mm-hmm. that's particular to the Christian faith where prayer doesn't negate the need to make decisions, like you just said. And it doesn't always magically mean that an answer is going to drop out of the heavens written on parchment so that you know exactly what you're supposed to do next and it's all going to pan out great. Exactly. But Christ's example clearly does dictate for us that we should be praying before we make these decisions. And then we have to make the decision. (laughs) Uh, We even see that, I think, play out a few times in the book of Acts. You know, you'll see that they'll they'll pray and then they'll just decide, all right, well, we're going to send these people out. That's the next thing we got to do. So I do think that it's necessary to do both. And that should probably go without saying in the Christian faith. But I think we do tend to, I know I often can even get caught up in, well, I just got to do something as opposed to saying, well, maybe let's take a day to pray about it and then make a decision knowing that, again, maybe the, the answer doesn't magically fall out of the sky. But I've done what I can to entrust the scenario to God right. and to seek his wisdom, which is an encouragement to James 1.5, right? He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. I'm sure that Jesus was praying for wisdom as he made this decision. You know, yeah. like, God, you've got a plan. Father, you have a plan. Help me to walk in accordance with that plan and choose 12 men who will fulfill that purpose. Mm. So that's one key takeaway I think we get here. But the other thing we get is the role of the disciples. And you notice that he also designates them apostles, right? Yeah. So what he does is he calls all of his disciples to himself, which, you know, you're not 100% certain how many that would be, but it's a larger group. We've got at least probably 70 in that group because later in the gospels, Mm. he sends out 70. So you've got at least, I imagine, that many, if not more. And then out of those disciples, he chooses these 12 to designate as apostles. And that term apostles comes from a verb that means to send or to send as a messenger. So these are kind of the the sent ones. Emissary. Yes. And even though we don't use that term anymore, apostles, I do think it's still indicative of our role 
as Christ's disciples, which is we're sent ones. We've been sent into our locales, whether that's the place where we work, we live, play, shop, whatever, to carry the message of Christ's love and his commands, which is what they ended up doing, right? Right. Just an interesting side note, I think, that you don't want the Great Commission divorced from the Great Commandments, which is you don't want to say, go into all the world making disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey all I've commanded, without first getting into your bones the Great Commandments of love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you get if you get one without the other, you get the crusades. Yeah, you get the crusades on one hand, and then on the other hand, you just get quiet. Like oh, I'm, just, I'm just gonna like nothing happens. Yeah, I'm just at gonna all. sit here and smile, and you know, hmm. you know, you That's you live your life like they both go together. They they, inf- they kind of they inform one another. They do. I do think, particularly, say in. Societies like ours, maybe even like kind of this like Southern evangelicalism, if I could call it that. There is a tendency to really emphasize the Great Commission without emphasizing the Great Commandments. And I think that can be that can be harmful. Yeah. And I think it can easily have the opposite effect. Yeah. Whereas perhaps in Northern evangelicalism, there's a tendency to overemphasize perhaps the Great Commandments without the Great Commission. And when I say emphasize the Great Commandments, Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself should include, you know, sharing the yeah. gospel. I think their understderstanding of it, it leads them to this kind of, you know, ah, well, you know, love is just more endless positive one, self-regard. More lacking in the other. Yeah. So I think when we, we come to this term apostles and we see that Jesus is commissioning them and sending them out, bear in mind that's what they're doing. Yeah. They didn't know that quite yet. <laughs> but as we go on, we see that that's what Christ is developing them into and how he expects them to fulfill their role. And I think he expects... I don't think I know. He expects the same from (laughs) us, right? Sometimes we end up partnering with people that we probably never imagined ourselves partnering with. Because, I mean, here in this group, we don't actually know a whole lot about some of these guys, which is interesting. Yeah. But we do know we've got a group of fishermen. We've got a tax collector. And... Simon, who is called the Zealot, that's interesting that they, the NIV now translates it that way, because in most translations you'd read it was Simon the Zealot, the Zealot, which most of us have probably heard preached as, oh, he belonged to this sect of Judaism that was this like revolutionary fighting party that was all about politically and physically usurping Rome. And the Zealot party, as it was known as like a party or a sect, probably didn't actually exist in Jesus' day. That's interesting. Now, of course, there were revolutionary groups, so he may have belonged to those. It's very possible. Or it's possible that he was just a very, very firebrand, zealous guy. And it was like what you were saying earlier, like, oh, yeah, this guy just, oh, it's Simon. You know, we call him the zealot. Uh, That's a zealot again. Uh, You know, this guy. But point being, it's a very diverse group of men. Clearly. And here's something that I find encouraging about this group of men is that there's so much we don't know about them. And I, without making this too like uh, allegorical is not the right term, but too like, oh yeah, that's clearly about us. But the fact that we don't know a lot about these guys is encouraging to me because I think that's going to end up being most of our stories. Like if we were to go on a list, it's like, man, we probably aren't going to be known for doing anything super great. You know, like you're not going to probably be like a Paul out there planning, you know, churches all over the unchurched world and suffering I mean, unbelievable amounts of pain for the cause of Christ. And yet these men make it into this group. Yeah. I just, I find that very encouraging that these quote unquote, no name, you know, we don't know anything about them. Men were still among the 12 who followed Christ. Yeah. That says something to me that there's a place in the kingdom for a no name, a person (laughs) like me. So that's kind of like disparaging and Uh, self-deprecating. Oh, charming. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, no, it's not because I didn't call attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of it lets you inhabit the narrative a little bit, mm-hmm. or like see yourself in there because it's not it's not overspecified and it creates this space for relatability. And you're like, okay, okay, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. All that said, when we come to this group of disciples, I think a final warning insight that we get from this passage that we have to take heed lest we fall because you notice that passage said Judas Iscariot who became yeah. a traitor which seems to imply that he didn't start out with evil intentions that when he joined this group of men he didn't have in mind oh well one day I'm gonna do whatever I can to get my hands on money and if that means betraying my lord and my master then I'll do that right He became a traitor. As a matter of fact, it really struck me as I was preparing for this episode that he was among the men who were sent out and cast out demons and worked miracles and preached the kingdom of heaven at hand. He did all these things. Who went with him? Who was his partner? I don't know who his partner would have been, but he would have gone at least with one other guy. Because I bet that guy really had some PTSD. You know what I mean? Like at the end of things, it's like, okay, obviously I have no real world point of reference here, but I have television shows where we're calling back to TV where they're like, there's these two members of the police force. And then one, it turns out one guy is like corrupt and does something horrible. And it's yeah. like the other person's like, it, there's such a deep betrayal of that because you've served with them and you've done these maybe life-threatening things and you put yourself in dangerous situations with your partner. And then your partner betrays you, betrays everything. Like that's gotta be horrifying. Really. I had never thought about Very it like Very damaging. That. Never, never have I ever in all my years of Christendom thought get the about Horizon like Search podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's so terrifying. It is. Actually, wow. Woof. Golly. What if it was other Judas? That would just be like ironic, right? <laughs> like every time from then on out, I was a joke so, somewhere recently, but like every time after, you know, <laughs> Judas Iscariot does all this and he dies, like the other Judas has always got to be like, Judas, like not Iscariot. <laughs> I'm not that guy. Different Judas. <laughs> Different one. Uh-oh. But point being... Any of us could fall. You think you're among the 12 closest disciples of Jesus and you're doing all these amazing things and then you betray him? You're in the the inner circle. Yeah. Like if he could do it, any of us could. And that's something I think we have to be on watch for, have to stand on guard. Even Paul, he echoed that sentiment in 1 Corinthians. I can't remember the chapter now, which is such a shame. I'm a terrible pastor. (laughs) But somewhere in 1 Corinthians, he says, take heed lest you fall. Coming back to the same idea. All that being said, we have Jesus here. He's committing himself to prayer before he makes this decision. He calls these 12 men to this particular task, as he now calls all of us to this task. And then you got a man in the ranks who ends up betraying him, which could happen to any of us. All of this segues into the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus preaches what it actually looks like when you become a citizen of his kingdom and what it looks like if you actually follow him with your whole heart. And so after he's called these men, he basically preaches, all right, here's what you're getting into now that you're one of my disciples, that you're an apostle. Here's what you're going to be expected to live. And here's what you're going to go preach. And we fit into that story now. That's what we're going to be in in our next sermon series. We're going to be into in the next sermon series right there is a Sermon on the Mount. Sermon series? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be cover. Maybe that is confusing. You're right. So we'll be covering, I think, half the series covers the Sermon on the Mount, and then the rest of it covers other various sundry events Mm. that kind of show us what the Sermon on the Mount looks like in real life. Okay. It's going to cover that next section of Luke. All right. Next sermon series. So you should be there this weekend to join us. That's the implication if you didn't get it, people. (laughs) (laughs) 
brought to you by Horizon Street. Literally, it's uh, literally not a sponsor because it's us. It's us. It's us. That's what we're. That's what we're into these days. So that's it. I think. Right. Oh, yeah, you I don't so. have anything else to say, right? I do and not. No final comments, observations. No. Man, you had that's some. I just gotta say. Yeah. Like yeah. observation game, like <laughs> super on point today. Thank you. Like it always is, but just ah oh, man, I'm gonna be thinking about Judas and his part, like yeah. the guy who went out with him for the rest of the day. Yeah. That's gonna haunt me. Well, wow. I'm here to haunt. Woof. <laughs> uh, and if you want Ethan to haunt you on other related sundry <laughs> questions, you can send those to podcast at horizonschurch.net or interact with us on social media. And if you really enjoy the podcast, Ooh. it'll help us out if you Ooh. leave a five-star review. Hey, hey, just a suggestion. An honest five-star review. Yeah. We don't want to compromise your integrity. Yeah. If you like us, subscribe if you haven't. Encourage your friends to subscribe and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. We enjoy sharing this time with you. We do appreciate it. Yes. Thanks as always for listening and hopefully we'll see you around this weekend and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.